Vic and talked a little NFL. It was nice. Took me back to my old displaced diehards days when you get to talk football on a Sunday night while the game is still going on. Uh, the, the Browns and Steelers are still happening, but man, what a what a good time! Be sure to check it out. You can, I posted the link on my Twitter page. Uh, follow those dudes, uh, sports dudes, that talk about just about everything. They're sports dudes. I, I, I listened to it this morning on my way to Louisville, and I must say, I have to give you all the props in the world and congratulations for coming on my side and understanding that Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time, if not the greatest NFL player of all time. They called me out on that one. I mean, quickly. And I, I wanted to make sure I was clear on what, what my statement was. Like, if it was one season or one game, possibly Randy Moss. But when you... When, it, when we originally started that argument, though, that was not your original argument. No, and I explained all that. So I you have to listen to the podcast. I, 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 I'm, my, I'm giving you all the credit in the right. world because unlike politicians, the rational side. Unlike politicians and a lot of people in this country right now, I, I'm able to admit mistake and able to admit fault and, and ignorance at that. I mean, there's a lot of just missteps along the way in that argument for me. So it was a humble lesson that I learned that Jerry Rice not only... No, but you killed that interview. ...is the greatest receiver. I appreciate that. But maybe the greatest player of all time. But Dave, how was your weekend, man? Man, it was... Friends? Hey, everybody. It's National Championship Monday. We're a little over 20 minutes away from watching Justin Fields go up against Mac Jones and the Alabama Tide. That's right. And the first part of the show that will kick it off, you'll hear us being mentioned again on the wonderful ESPN radio property, 1027 The Game, live at 5, by our boy Stephen A. Turner, who you heard last night, and by his great co-host Vic Evans. And you can catch me and James, this guy right here, on Live at 5 on Wednesday, 5.15 p.m. Central Time, 6.15 Eastern East Coast Time, probably for about 10 to 15 minutes around there. Um, and, and we'll probably talk about all things sports and whatever else they want to talk about. Another fantastic show today by them. You know, first segment very heavy on the NFL action. And then majority, a lot of local stuff. So if you if you if you live out in the Owensboro area, you'll understand. If you're big in the high school sports, you'll understand. Um exactly twenty two minutes and about thirty seconds until game time. And you know, let's go. Ohio State defeated Oregon in the twenty fifteen national championship so we got that you already know the deal with alabama nick saban is waiting to get a seventh title and that would also pass bill belichick if you look at numbers that way and bill belichick also turned down the presidential freedom medal of honor you know just because of pretty much the events last week and then mentioning how, you know, because of who, you know, he represents himself and the Patriots. And, you know, if you if you all know Bill Belichick, this ain't BS. He's, he's an Annapolis man. You know, he, he, he holds America to something that's real to him and that's real different. It's not just, it's not just standing up while, you, while you're at a sporting event. It's, you know, it's, 
It's real. It's a real thing for him. So I believe that. And you know what? A lot of people have received that. But you know what? This is a year where it's different. This whole presidency, it's different. And, you know, it is just what it is. NBA, who knows how long we'll get that for. I mean, you know, football's coming to an end soon. So, yeah. Um, Bill Belichick declining that is very interesting. Um, yeah, him and Trump are really good friends. In fact, um, he's also, Trump's also good friends with Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and Robert Kraft. He's friends with a lot of people that were former Patriots and current, who are also currently on the staff. So, very interesting that he turned that down. I, I guess he turned it down primarily due to, like, the criticism and the backlash that he would get, especially from the events that happened on Wednesday at the Capitol. So, and also there are rumors all that there's going to be another protest coming the 17th. So, that those are the rumors, and then there's going to be something else happening on the inauguration day of President-elect Joe Biden. So, well, I'm it's... Sure, uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to triple the security. I'm, I'm highly sure anyone... Who gets within breathing room of the White House. I'm sure you'll get shot. I'm sure you'll get tackled to the ground. So please, please, anybody, and just like the FBI is encouraging, law enforcement is encouraging, if you know anybody who's there, tell them. You're doing it for them, and you're doing it for you. We don't need more people to die. If you know anybody who's planning on doing this, but, you know, tell them. Stop them from hurting themselves. Now, if it's just a straight peaceful protest, that's fine. But we all know that's not going to happen. We all know it's not going to be peaceful. These are the types of people that will say, I'm going down there to talk. But in reality, they have chains on their hands. They got guns in their pockets. They got bombs on the truck. So, stop them. If you have to knock them out and lock them in the basement, if you have to kick their ass to stay home, do it, man. Do it. Don't don't let them embarrass you. Because if they leave their house, and if they make it, if they make it to there... If they don't die, they're going to be in jail for a very long time. I agree. I totally agree. And the other point that you mentioned, too, that I want to comment, obviously, uh, football season is going to come to an end. Um, basketball, we don't know how long it's going to be. Um, we're, of course, all at the Board of Governors and the NBA are going to meet tomorrow. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen. You have the NHL starting its season, but one team is not going to start until the 19th. Dallas Stars, they have, they have been in quarantine because a couple of members of their staff and 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 Matt, and um coaches and a player too got tested positive for COVID, so they're not going to be started on time as well. So we'll see what the NHL and NBA will do. Governor Cuomo, um, and guys, I'm trying not to be political here, but these are the things that are kind of important to know. Um, Governor Cuomo um, put out a tweet 
saying that he wants um, New York to reopen soon. But here's my thing. He can put out a tweet because he said um, he said word for word that um, we, this can't be happening. We can't wait till the vaccines get um get level get leveled out on the norm. We we need to reopen the economy safely. Here's what I'll say. Like I do find it hypocritical that he could have opened up New York just like all these governors can, but they did it well, you know, because they didn't like Trump. So be it. I'm all for reopening New York. I feel like, especially for for people like you, Nick, who live in New York, and I have friends that do live in New York, so I feel the pain. I'm all for reopening New York. I'm all, but I'm also not for doing stupid and just, hey, let's reopen, Let, let's pull a Florida, and let's just do everything, and then we get more sick. I feel like we open. We open smart, we open safely, so this way we all can enjoy ourselves. That's the same thing I would tell Governor Murphy too in my state of New Jersey. Nick, what are your quick thoughts? Well, not even on that, but from Bob Nightingale, Major League Baseball team should plan for spring training to start on time and full 162-game season to be played. Okay. Um... More of opening up the city. I mean, you know what? There's gonna come a time to where the economy gotta be got gotta get back up there. But you know what? I say, wait a few more months. Wait till March. Wait till April. We, you know, there's no need to rush that right now. I know it's been a little bit. I know it's been long, but. We're almost there. Let's, you know, or at least let's wait till cases are 70, 80% down, man. Let's do at least that much. Don't just open them up just to close them down six, six weeks later. That's, that, that's my thing. Yeah, I agree. And I'm the same way in New Jersey. I'm like, listen, we're almost there, right, Nick? We're getting there. Wait, wait till March, April, and then we could just give it a few months. I feel like right now with everything going on in the world, I feel like it's too soon to just go, you know, go that. And we do have a guest tonight. It's a returning guest, the amazing Doc Flynn. So we're going to talk all things Patriots. She, she got the vaccine. We're going to talk about that. And it's going to be an exciting... Conversation. Doc Flynn, alright, let's do it. So, I saw the other day that you've been posting updates about you getting the vaccine. How mm-hmm. are you now feeling with all that? I'm great. Yeah, I'm feeling much better. I, um, I got symptoms only after the second dose, and it was about 24 hours afterwards, and only lasted for a few days. So I was back to work today and and feeling great. Hey, Doc. um, This is James, the other half of the sports dudes. Um, I'm going to be taking the vaccine tomorrow. Any advice you want to give? I know, (laughs) I know. Um, Any advice you want to give me how to have a mentally prepared for tomorrow? Uh, no, I would just say, um, you know, good luck. It's, it's a very safe vaccine, honestly. Um, they'll ask you specific questions and 
And some of them, the things that would exclude you from being able to get it. Uh, one thing a lot of people don't know is if they've had another vaccine within the past 14 days. So, like, if you got your flu shot late and you just got it a week ago, you can't get the COVID vaccine until 14 days have passed. Um, and, you know, as long as you're feeling well the day of the vaccine, you should really have no problems. Um, generally, we ask that you stay for 15 minutes just so we can watch you and make sure you don't have any kind of adverse reaction. But I've given a lot of vaccines over the past couple of weeks, and I haven't seen a single problem, knock on wood. That's, that's, that's good. Um, we have a football game tonight. Ohio State against Alabama, you know, this, you know, potentially the second pick of the draft, Justin Fields, you know, who, who do you think is going to win this game, and what do you think, you know, Ohio State's chances are? Well, you know, I'm disappointed they're without their kicker um, tonight, you know, it's um, tough timing, but... I have to admit, you know, it's been really hard for me. You, you guys know that I'm a huge football fan, huge football fan. Um, but I was just talking to my husband tonight. It's, you know, it's been really hard for us to get into sports this fall with so much other stuff going on. Um, and especially, I will say, you know, I've watched the pros play. I really haven't watched college football um, much just because – I, I kind of have a problem with college sports happening right now um, and, and these guys playing through a pandemic. So, to be honest, I don't really know, and I'm not watching the game, which breaks my heart because, you know, football is life. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I, I just don't know. You know, I hope if you're watching, you guys enjoy the game and it's still a good game, you know, even with three players missing for Ohio State. But I have to admit, I'm not really watching. Um, before we get, uh, speak, it's funny that you mentioned that, before we get into football, um, the NBA is having a board of governors meeting tomorrow, um, there's a, because of the whole COVID outbreak that's happening on the Celtics, just had to postpone their game tomorrow against the Bucks, they didn't have eligible players, um, the NHL's gonna start its season on Wednesday, how do you think, um, they will do, because now, remember, COVID is now, these two sports, are now playing indoors. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, especially for the NBA, it's, it's going to be a big challenge. Um, I was surprised they're not playing, you know, they're not bubbling up because they had such success with that before, but I, I know that money talks, and, um, and you know, the athletes didn't really love being um, sort of um, separated from family and friends for that long, but... Um, I think it's going to be a problem. I mean, I think we're already seeing it when, when teams can't field enough players and games are being canceled because they, they physically don't have, they're putting injured players on their bench just to be able to play a game. Um, I think it's a problem. And I think what you're seeing is exactly what you said. It's an indoor sport. Uh, the other issue is the teams are smaller, so you don't have as much reserve. You have many more games packed together. And now COVID is spiking everywhere, every city. It's not like before where it was just like a few cities were having a hard time, right? Now it's everywhere. It's every single city that they go to. So um, I, think, I think it's really tough. And, and I have to say I'm really disappointed that they have not 
publicly shared their um, COVID protocols. I mean, the NFL, you know, for whatever criticism they may take, they actually did share what their protocols were. We have no idea how the NBA is contact tracing, and especially um, they're using the same kind of devices that the NFL is using, those Connexon devices that kind of tell them how long they've been close, the players have been close to each other. But they just started using them per multiple media reports on the 7th. And the first um, Celtics player to test positive was on the 8th. So my question is, how did they know who was in close contact with Robert Williams without that Connexon data for three days before, before they allowed them to play another game the next night? So, you know, I think... I'm hoping part of this meeting is going to be maybe tweaking the protocols, but also maybe going public with, you know, how they're how they're tracking some of this stuff to decide because they're saying they're going to shut down if there is any intra-team or intra-team. So if there's any spread inside a team or team to team. And I just it seems like maybe that's already happening. And would it be smarter if they just cut all physical ties unless it's on the court meaning you know maybe not every player in shooter run at once you know no no jersey swapping no side conversation before the game of giving high fives and whatnot do, do you think stuff like that would would help 100 <clears throat> percent. but you know the positive of the bubble was that they could do that all they wanted, right? Because they were they were testing them regularly. They were kind of in this insulated bubble, and so they could have that interaction. And and now they're kind of giving that up to be home with their families. But I, I do think it's important to cut that um, as much contact as possible. And to be honest, you know, with these new strains, um, both abroad and now in the U.S., that are much more communicable, much easier to get from someone else, I think that whole, like, with, you know, within six feet for more than 15 minutes rule is going to eventually go out the window. What do you think, um, and yes, um, yes, this is important, now I want to go with the NHL, um, I think the NHL will do, um, I know, um, Gary Bettman said that, um, he recently said that he could, um, easily shut down the season and save billions, but he wants to push through, um, the NHL also is indoors, they also share the same arena that the NBA does, so, I feel like hockey will just have as equal as a hard time as what the NBA is doing, because you have to remember, in order to have an NHL arena, you also got to have an NBA arena. Right. For the most part. For the most part. Right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and we see it in youth hockey spreading um, on, you know, on the ice. We see teammates um, it's spreading in kids, so... The question is, will we see the same thing in the NHL? We just don't know. I mean, we're in a different world right now than we were in September, October, November with the NFL. It's just there is no place that's safe right now. Um, the numbers are high, and I don't know about you guys personally, but, like, I know so many more people personally who have tested positive or who are sick or who are unfortunately dying you know, personal friends of mine now. Um, it just seems like it's now affecting younger people even more than, than what we were seeing before. And, and so we're going to see that reflected in the NHL and the NBA, um, even more so than the NFL in the fall. See, the 
the main reason why the bubble worked was because it was just for playoffs, right? You knew the players were motivated. But what if they were to take, you know, a month off, stop playing, and get get a bubble, have every team in one part or or two parts, and only have their immediate family comes with them. Everyone all gets tested. Everyone gets hunkered in. Everything gets handed to them. And because it's an expensive thing, they can also have sponsors where kind of like, you know, like the NFL yesterday. Bear Saints played on Nickelodeon. Have stuff like that. Put games on Fox. Put put games on Nickelodeon. Put games on Disney. Put, put games on Amazon Prime to where they... Because who wouldn't want to have a professional sports game on their station, it gets a lot of ratings, right? And then this is just the way where you can go through the season because if you have to postpone games or eventually end up forfeiting because there's only so much time you can postpone, eventually they're going to have to start doing forfeits because if you can't have eight, you know, maybe that's something you can control. So do you think something like that would work? I, I definitely think it would work. I just don't know that the NBA really just doesn't seem interested in trying it. Um, I think the listen, the NFL was very successful. Um, and I hesitate to use that word. They were able to nearly complete the season. You know, we're in the postseason now, so they completed the regular season. I hate to use the word successful because I, a lot of players and staff tested positive or a viral infection, and we don't know what that means for them. We still don't really know what happened to Trent Brown. We don't. We don't know. We don't really know what issues they really had um, with COVID. And it just seems to me like the NBA is, is following suit and saying, "Look, we've learned a lot from what the NFL did, even though it's a, a different game. It's outdoors. Blah blah blah." Um, and I, they just seem to me to be hell bent on on pushing forward and. And, you know, Adam Silver said, I think it was like December 30th or something, he was talking um, to a group, and he, he said something like, January is going to be the darkest days, and once we make it through the darkest days, we'll get to February and things will be better. And in my mind, I was like, wait, do you mean it's just going to, like, burn through these teams and then it'll be better in February? Because certainly nationwide numbers aren't going to be better in February. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what their thinking is. And especially that MLB said that they're going to have a full season. They're going to plow through. And if you look at the cases, if you look at the cases that's going on in Florida and in Arizona, it's um, it's up. The cases are, are pretty high in Florida and Arizona. They want to have spring training there, so that's uh, that's another key issue that you're going to have. Um, on a positive note, on a fun note. Did you watch the Bears Saints game? Because all oh the COVID stuff is making me sad. I know. Are you? Are you? Did you see the Bears Saints game on Nickelodeon? And did you? Did you enjoy? It? Because to see, I was going back and forth with this. Um, Nick. Um, Nick convinced me because I do. I do live with uh, my sister and my niece. And she's eight, and I think, you know what, I'm going to watch the whole game on Nickelodeon with her. I'm not going to change the CBS. And honestly, 
it was fun. Like it, it was great. They they made it. They simplified it so that it's not. They didn't dumb it down to make to make the kids feel small, but they made it so that kids can understand the game. So I personally enjoyed it. I know Nick enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Yes, my kid. Honestly, it was just because my kids enjoyed it so much. Um, it, it, I think it was great. I, I think they should do more. And, you know, the kids were, like, taking video of the slime in the end zone, and they were all pumped. It was very cute. Yeah, it was It was awesome just with the slime cannons and, and you know, eventually seeing Sean painting its slime. And, and for me, yeah. growing up with all those shows, and it was, it was just cool to see. And, you know, even, even if they're only able to do this, once a year just for the wild card game because I'm sure they want the main games on CBS. And I'm sure CBS still had good ratings because I'm sure there was those people who were just trying to be too grown up and saying, oh, I'm so, I'm 30 years old, I'm not watching a game on Nickelodeon. And and, and that's fine, but you know what? It's it's fun sometimes to, 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 to do stuff like this. It's okay to be a kid again and be 30, 40 years old. I promise you're not going to die. You're not going to get hurt. No one's going to make fun of you. Be original. It's it's cool. Um, But going back to one more thing about COVID, what did you think about the whole Keontae Johnson situation? Um, yeah. Um, it's... It- it's hard, right? Because we don't know exactly what caused um, the heart issue to happen. He clearly did. He had COVID right at the beginning of the season or like preseason, sometime in the spring or something like that. Um, but if this truly was thought to be related to COVID myocarditis or some sort of cardiac issue from COVID, it was heartbreaking, and and to see the college say, oh, yeah, we're a family, you know, we're bringing our family back, he's a coach now, I'm just like, gag, you know, enough, no, you know, these kids' lives are being risked, and they may want to play because they want to have a career, you know, being professional athletes, and they may want to go out there and fight with their brothers and sisters, but, like, this is just, it's not appropriate. And it just goes back to why I'm having such a hard time watching college sports right now. Yeah, I, I get exactly where you're coming from. And I, as it, it, it's, it's hard, and I definitely get where you're coming from. On a, and this was more of a personal fun. Um, the Patriots had a down season. And it was, I, I say personal because it's not so much you, Doc. It, it's more so Nick. Hack. To see Nick <laughs> happy, to not be happy about the Patriots. It just, it, it kind of warms my heart. I kind of need to see more of this because, you know, because I've always told Nick, pain builds character. You need pain to build your yes. character. So as since you're a lifelong Patriot fan. How to feel, you know, to have a, a down season. 79, a down, have a down season for the Patriots, you know. First losing record in over 20, you know, 20 plus years, you know. Yeah. How to feel. How to feel. So, for me personally, it was still enjoyable. Um, I mean, I love the game of football, so I've always had, you know, I, I love a lot of professional Football players, you know, watching people like J.J. Watt play, Aaron Donald, like, I, I have a lot of favorites, and I, and I just love watching the game. Um, 
It was interesting. I mean, there was like a lot of drama. There was, you know, Cam Newton watching him every week, which Cam is going to show up this week. And, and, you know, Julian's Edelman's injury was just kind of heartbreaking. Um, but there were a lot of stars. I mean, like see Gunner, you know, make, make such an impact on the team and then have such a great season. It was still exciting. So you know, it's a bummer not to have a team to follow in the postseason, but again, I, I watch it for the game of football, so it doesn't matter too much. Yeah, see, 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 stuff like that is great, and also Damien Harris, fantastic out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, you know, me, I mean, it, it is what it is, but James can definitely have his character, and, you know, I, I, I don't need that. Um, I am, just because... Just because it's Tom Brady, I you know the Bucks are my playoff team, and you know it's it's just more enjoyable that way. You can just kind of root for somebody. So, what do what did you think of how Tom played the other night, and what what do you think he'll do against New Orleans? I mean, I think yeah. First of all, I'm excited to see him play Breeze. You know, that's that's always a great classic matchup. Um, he he had a great game. I love watching him play. To be honest, having been around the team and been in the locker room, I have this, like, affinity to Gronk. And so to see Rob Gronkowski, first of all, smiling. Um, Second of all, doing Gronk things and just seeing his blocking in that game. I mean, he made so much happen um, with his play. And and so I'm just thrilled. So I I love watching him. but yeah, I'm really I'm excited to watch them play. However much it hurts, I'm excited to watch them play. I can actually watch a Tom Brady game and actually not root against them. It's actually a nice change of pace. Um, <laughs> but um, I think a key with Tom, I think the key with the Patriots, with not the Patriots, the Bucks. I'm sorry, I keep thinking when I think Tom Brady, I think Patriots. It's so oh, weird yeah. to say Bucks, but. But the key, I think the key with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think the relationship that he has developed with Antonio Brown has been remarkable. I mean, with Mike Evans getting the number one coverage, Antonio Brown has been winning routes and he's getting comfortable. He's getting back to the old AV. And I think with, I, even though Antonio Brown's a bit wacky, he, he, you know, he's out there. I think we all know he's, he's out there. But it seems like Tom has kind of, you know, rehabilitated him in a way that you haven't heard a lot of distractions. He's been, at this point, a model citizen. And if he continues his production to play, then, you know, maybe the whole Tampa Bay hosting hosting and playing at home in the Super Bowl would be quite intriguing. Yeah, that's a fun story, for sure. Alright, so some guy named Danny Valencia tweeted every future Tom Brady game should be on the History Channel, the GOAT. And Tom Brady retweeted it with him and Drew Brees as old men with gray hair. And and they got the History Awaits on it. You know, you know the History Channel logo. And it says January 17, 2021. With the time and date. Yeah. Oh God. I I'm sorry, but I gag sometimes. So I stop. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you gotta give Tom Brady this. His his 
Twitter game is undefeated. I mean, the fact that when 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 Dungey said what he said about Brady and then came up and just roasted him is funny. I think Brady is his Twitter game is undefeated. Yeah, his Twitter manager is a really good <laughs> social media manager. <laughs> Um, now, now I gotta ask. Oh, oh wait, Nick, you wanna go or do you want me to go? No, 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 go ahead. I was gonna say, um, I know this is probably weird, but what do you think about Lamar Jackson? You know, there's this narrative that Lamar can't win the big one, Lamar can't win the big one, and he ends up playing a really good game against the Tennessee Titans, and now he finally won a playoff game, and now they're up to face against a very good Buffalo Bills team who people pencil in as a dark horse to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, the Bills have been really exciting. I've, I've been watching them um, pretty closely this whole season. I don't know. I um, I guess I, I have to say I would definitely pick the Bills. I know it's kind of probably not the popular choice, but, um, yeah, I... I enjoy watching Lamar Jackson. He's shifty. Uh, you know, his game is its interesting. I mean, maybe I don't like him just because the Ravens have given the Patriots so many problems over the years. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm going Bills. What do you guys think? I'm going Bills mainly because I think the Bills have a better chance to beat the Chiefs. So... And and now both 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 Josh Allen and Lamar has not beaten the Chiefs, but overall, you know, I'll take Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs over Brown and Lamar. Even though Lamar is explosive with his runs, he can have that one run just like Kaepernick, where he you know he can run it down and you're not catching him, right? So, but. He can also throw the pick like he did the other day. Any other good quarterback makes that a touchdown. But Lamar throws the pick. So that's something he has to learn in this offseason. He has to learn to be a quarterback. Because there's going to come a point in time where those wheels are going to slow down. Or God forbid he takes a hit and he's not going to be the same. So if he wants a long career, he has to learn to be quarterback first. Until then, I don't think he's good enough. And Josh Allen has changed his game a lot. Two, the past two years, he would overthrow his receiver by 30, 40 yards. And he he's not doing that that much anymore. And Stefan Diggs is a big part of that. Because he's really the best receiver he's had so far. And it seems like the more games he plays, the more mature he gets. He also doesn't run as much, which is very smart for him. Because that, that was also part of the reason why he was on so many picks. You know, he was probably sore all the time from being hit. But overall, I think it's going to be Bill's Chiefs title game for the AFC. And for the NFC, I'm, 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 taking, I'm taking the Bucks to play, to play the Packers. You know, Drew Brees, even even with the game against the Bears, now both the Saints and the Bucks played not great against the teams they played. So if each plays like this this week, they're going to lose. But Drew Brees did throw that interception. He also should have threw a second interception. If he does that against the Bucks, 
it's most likely not going to be a punt. It's going to be a field goal or a touchdown. So, you know, that's that's something that could be different. So, if I had to pick, I, I'd say Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. Okay, um, I'm going to say, I've been going back and forth with this game, and it's crazy because I have a friend who was a Ravens fan, and I have a friend who was a Bills fan, and boy, it, 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 that game is tough for me, but if I had to pick who I think is actually going to win this game, I think the Bills are going to win this game primarily due to the fact that I think the Bills will neutralize Lamar Jackson's leg, and they're going to force Lamar Jackson to pick up to and I don't think, I definitely don't think that um, that's going to, I don't think Lamar Jackson has proven that he can beat them through the air. They ran the ball over 200 yards against the Tennessee Titans and limited Derrick Henry to 40 yards. I, I don't think, the, I don't think they're going to get 200 yards against the Buffalo Bills. I think the, I think the Bills win that game. I think the Bills, Chiefs, AFC Championship game will be very intriguing. I think the Bills will keep it close. I think it's going to be a one-possession game, but I still think the Chiefs are going to represent the AFC. In the NFC, I'm picking the Saints to beat the Bucks. I'm sorry. The Saints defense is really good. Um, as much as weapons as much as much weapons Brady has, um, you're not going to have time when you're on your butt every other play, and Brady don't like pressure in his face. So you got to blitz Brady up the middle, and they got two defensive tackles that can just run up Brady up the middle. So I think the Saints are going to win that game. I think I do, and I, I'm calling it upset. I think, and this is early, I think the Rams have a, have a chance to beat the Packers, primarily because of their defense. And I think getting Cooper Cup is going to be really good. Um, Aaron Donald could miss that game. I could see Saints-Rams rematch NFC Championship game. And I could see Chiefs versus Saints. Like, we're going to see who's going to get their second ring. Is it going to be the young start Mahomes? Or is Drew Brees going to leave the sunset with a second Super Bowl? That's very intriguing. Now, here's the question. Is Mahomes going to be at the birth of his child during the Super Bowl? During Super Bowl week? What's going to happen there? When, when is she due? Uh, she's not saying, but she's looking like could be certainly within a month. Well, I remember Richard Sherman was having his baby due during Seahawks Pats. Um, he, she was, she was there. She then went to the hospital and she told him, stay. Yeah. Uh, but this is a little different. I mean... This is his first kid. I mean, if I would like to think that if it happens on game day, you know, I still think he'd play. Now, if it happens, if it were to happen during the game, I'd I'd still think I'd I'd still think he play. Now, if she gives birth night before the Super Bowl. While they're having the awards, you know, that, that, you know, that might be something different too. Would he, you know, he, he'd either be so tired and or so happy to be holding his daughter that would he want to tear himself away? Um, so a lot, 
a, a lot of things could change. I mean, I mean, you you could speak better than this than than me and James can. <laughs> when 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 you had your first child, you know, um, it's it, it's obviously a little different. But 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 your husband is a doctor, so you know, maybe he was on call. Maybe maybe he was in a surgery. How how did those times go? Was what was he in the room with you every? Every birth was was there chances of of him possibly not being able to be there. Yeah, the, um, it is pretty crazy. I mean, we're both doctors. I worked up until I mean, I you know went into labor at work. You know, this wow. is not like you just kind of stop quickly, have the baby, and then like <laughs> go back to work. <laughs> um, it was <laughs> it was a little crazy. Um, yeah, the time leading up to it, just because he is in the ER and. And, you know, it's just him, and I was in clinic, but, you know, at least I could leave. It wasn't emergencies I was seeing at that time, and so, yeah, it was definitely touch and go and trying, but it it luckily ended up being a time that, you know, he was not working, and he was there for the birth of all three kids, which was great. Um, I always joke, I don't think he really did much, but he was there. (laughs) Right, and and I'm sure it's more of a support thing and then anything right i'm i'm sure no woman wants to go through that alone whether whether the guy eventually faints on the floor whether he's just there (laughs) to get his hand crushed whether he's just there to get yelled at you made me in this chair anyway get out of here you know you know you know know, whether he's waiting to buy cigars whether whether he's just you know breathing with you um so let's say let's say you're, you're Brittany Matthews, and you, your husband is about to play another Super Bowl, and it's, you know, your water breaks when he's about to go to the stadium. And, well, and first of all, I'm, I'm dying because clearly you guys did not write this into the script for tonight. No, 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 definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely not. This is, this is, this is off. This is totally off the cuff. A hundred, a hundred percent. Full disclosure, full, full disclosure, Doc. I didn't expect we'd be talking about this, so full disclosure. Um, I had nothing to do with this. Water, water break. Yeah, I, I had nothing to do with this. I don't, I don't take, I don't take any responsibility. I, I didn't know we were going this far, so So, 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 I will say, my husband. If I was in labor, he would play in the Super Bowl. I'll tell him. You know, I should tell him. In case it ha- I mean, who knows? Maybe it happens, right? Right. <laughs> he can play in the Super Bowl. Well, uh, off of that weird, um, that was, uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> James, you're so awkward. Uh, you really are. <laughs> transition um (laughs) i honestly the first five minutes i i mean i think it was the same as everyone else i was like what the hell is happening (laughs) what is going on in this game it was just absurd moment after absurd moment um so i mean the game was over within the first 10 minutes it seemed like although it's funny i I fell asleep. My husband watched the game, the rest of the game this morning, and he, I couldn't believe the score, the score got closer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just all those 
mishaps in the first quarter just unfortunately sealed the deal. Yeah, you know, as soon as I saw the first play, how can you not think of Seahawks Broncos, right? That's oh. that's probably the first thing that comes into everybody's mind and then you're looking at 35 to 10 going into halftime and me the first thing I thought of can the Browns break 50? Will the Browns will 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 the Browns break 60? And that's the only reason why I watched the rest of the game, and they couldn't even break 50 points. So it, it goes to show you how much teams can just break down like that. And people are making a big deal about Ben Roethlisberger throwing for 500 yards. What do you think is going to happen when you're down by a billion points? No one wants to talk about the four picks, but everyone cares. And then they had the audacity to put that in the same conversation of Brady's Super Bowl against the Eagles. Now, I get it. Brady <laughs> lost that game, too, so ultimately neither matters. But to put last night into the same conversation of Brady throwing 500 with three-plus touchdowns, I don't I don't understand what, what, no, what yeah. people try to do that for. I don't get it. You can't put them two in the same conversation. Even if they were in the same building, Tom Brady's living. Tom Brady's living on the penthouse, thirtieth floor. Big Ben's on the eleventh floor. In that Eagles game, I just have a question: Was Bill Belichick actually in the stadium at that game? Because as far as I can remember, the Browns didn't have their head coach there. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, right? I mean. I'm watching it, and I'm laughing at all these these teams who have cried disadvantage because of COVID. Oh, we got hit by COVID, right. we got killed, and then this game happens. They if, don't have their head coach. They don't have, you know. If anything, I was saying that, that that makes them win even more because now they're playing for his head coach, and then and then hearing hearing on a an early part of ESPN today or somewhere that the first touchdown. Stavansky was behind, and he heard his kids cheering. So, so, so he had to then go down to the basement so so he could watch the game as it happens. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was I, wild. Uh, uh, it, full disclosure: um, I was actually rooting for the Steelers. Um, I'm but, sorry. <laughs> well, I'm not a Steelers fan. Um, Nick. Nick knows why I was rooting for the Steelers, but I'm not a Steelers fan, so I really like it didn't, it didn't affect me. But I think tell her why. It's a nice story. Tell her why. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, the reason that I was rooting for the Steelers is because pops, my dad, he grew up a big time Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He's seen the Steelers dynasty, the, the steel curtain, me, Joe Green. Um, Terry Bradshaw, so he was a fan, yeah. and because he's no longer here due to COVID, you know, uh, I really for the Steelers, and I do, and I don that as my playoff team in honor of him, and going forward, anytime the Giants are not in the playoffs, and the Steelers are, I will be rooting for the Steelers, as they will be my primary playoff team going forward for the rest of my life. I feel like that's a good reason why. I'm so sorry to hear about your dad, but that's a great reason why. 
Absolutely. And well, the one thing that I did get upset with the Steelers is they have a lot of knee guys. Like Chase Claypool said, oh, the Browns are going to lose next week to the Steelers. Um, Juju Smith, you said the same old Browns, and now they're at home. Um, what do you think of Steve uh, players, especially at the wide receiver position, that are more about knee than about like, the team? Well, you know, being in New England, there's it's just not allowed. It's not really tolerated very much. Um, but it, you have to admit, right, like to get to that position, to play that position, that high-pressure position, that's part of it. You have to have that mentality, right? So these guys quietly have that mentality. I mean, so let me give you an, an example, and it's not a wide receiver, but Stephon Gilmore, quietest guy I've ever talked to. In fact, I interviewed him one time in the locker room, and I'm not joking. I think my face was like four inches from his because I couldn't hear a word he was saying to me. Now, finally, this year starts coming out with like a little bit of that, like, I'm the best, you know? You start to hear that language. I mean, I think it's got to be deep in these guys no matter what to be able to play the way that they do. But I have a big problem with them being open about it and being super showy about it. And, you know, the Juju Juju stuff was just so disappointing after, you know, his character has always been like, oh, the guy that lost the bike. And you know what I mean? Just like super, super happy, fun loving guy. It was kind of a bummer to see. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, his his wife is very active on social media. I. I think she's great, and you know, some sometimes there will be beat writers who will tweet at them as if they shouldn't be standing up for their husband, or they shouldn't be talking. They should stay out of their husband's business. And with with your tweet I saw earlier about you know you wouldn't be asking my age if I was a male doctor. So what do you what do you think when guys tweet players spouses or or women in general in the workplace get 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 treated like that when they know it wouldn't happen as if they was a man? Um well I think they're a little different in some in some ways. Um the I you know I I you can't expect someone not to stand up for their spouse, right? And be vocal about it. So, I don't know. That's not like a professional thing, right? They're not at work. I right. just, I, right, it, it's just a little different. My, my tweet was sort of about, I mean, all the time at work, I get, I, people call me Jess instead of Dr. Flynn, and even though I'm calling them Mr. or Mrs., whatever, um, and asking my age or commenting on my clothes or my hair. It's just, it's, it's really odd. And I just wonder, and I talk to my male counterparts and they don't get any of that. They're like, what? That is such a weird thing to ask, you know? Um, so I can't really comment on, you know, professional athlete spouses because I've just never been one. So I, I don't know what, what they come up against. You know, I think a lot of times it's controversial what they're saying, you know, so if they're coming out and saying, you know, attacking a fan for tweeting something, that's, you know, it's controversy. So there's going to be drama in the replies. So it's, it's just a little bit different. Um, but I would never blame an athlete's spouse for sticking up for them ever. 
James. Uh, Doc, um, yeah, sorry. Um, Doc, um, what do you think of um, what what players should do to going forward as far as, like, protecting themselves, especially, and not just football, but athletes in general, like, as far as um, when you say things, as far as, like, that are, like, controversial, political, um, what advice would you give athletes? Because it seems like um, the athlete is, is becoming more socially conscious nowadays, and you just saw that Bill Belichick just declined taking the Medal of Honor from um, from President Trump. So what advice would you give players, coaches who tweet things because now we live in a social media era? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is being true to yourself and and what you believe. So... You know, even if what what you believe isn't necessarily popular or you think your, quote, Twitter followers aren't, you know, aren't going to agree with it. If you strongly feel a way, you know, about something, then I think you have to be true to that. And you should never, you know, write something you don't believe in because you think it's going to be popular. But I also think there is a level of professionalism and when you're out there tweeting, you are representing an organization, just like athletes are representing their team. You know, it's the same thing in any profession. You know, I in some ways represent my hospital, you know, anyone who's tweeting is representing their place of work if they're known to work there. So, you know, you you have to keep that in mind for sure. But I actually encourage athletes to use their voice, you know, there, there's a lot that's hard about being a professional athlete, um, even though there's obviously a lot of glory and a lot of upside and, you know, financially it can be very rewarding. I mean, I think there is a lot um, that's hard. And so I, I've, I've been thrilled to see athletes start to use their voices more. You know, the NBA, the, the WNBA especially, they've really been leading that. Um, and then just the Patriots this year, they, you know, they may not have had so much success on the field, but they really had a lot of success off the field um, when it comes to like social action. So I don't know. I encourage them to keep it up because I, I do think professional athletes, you know, in the hospital, we see professional athletes, they come in and they visit sick kids and they're like superheroes. I mean, doctors, like we have medicines to give to people, but sometimes you have patients who really, there's not a lot you can do medically. And these professional athletes or like superstars come in and they, they transform these kids. They just, they bring so much joy to them and that's so healing for them and their families. I've seen it firsthand with families I've been very close with. And, and so to use that power anywhere they can socially, I encourage it. And I just, I just think it's really inspiring. And I have to say, it's got to be the most rewarding thing for professional athletes to do, to, to know that they have that power. Gronk spent a ton of time at Boston Children's Hospital when he was here, and you could just see his joy when he was bringing other people joy. So, and that's, I, I, I encourage it. And that's just awesome, right? Like, I don't think they've done it this past all year because of COVID, but mm-hmm. through a part of, at one point, June or July, ESPN always had a week where, where after they'd done the days and activities and whatnot, it was my wish week. And mm-hmm. each day, each kid got to spend the full day with their hero and, and then eventually mm-hmm. going to a game with them. And just to see them have 
you know, whether, whether, whether they're dealing with cancer or whether whatever the kid is dealing with, just to see them get that one special day to where they'll remember for the rest of their life. I, I think that's awesome because true, truly everyone deserves to feel special and, and I get it when, when, when you're a professional athlete, there's, there's a lot of good that comes with it and I'm sure there's a lot of hassle, but, but when they truly care about whether it's kids or a super fan or old person and just to give them that few minutes, that's, that's just, that's just wonderful. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think it's a gift. It's it's and again, like it, it almost is more a gift for the athlete giving it. It's it's amazing. The McCordy brothers do so much work, so much work to help other people. It's like they devote their entire time when they're not on the field doing that. And I've seen them at some of the see them do it some of this work and just the joy on their face and their mom comes with them and their wives come with them and they're all super into it. It's just great. You can see that they're getting a gift from it, so it's it's wonderful. Now we now normally I would do rapid, but I but I want to end this on one on one last question before we get you out of here. Um, okay. Who is your favorite? Like, who is your favorite athlete that you oh. uh, that you've seen with all those nice charitable comp- com- you know charitable comp- um,
the most rewarding thing is people really being open and honest with me and just like having that ability to have people open up and tell me, you know, what's bothering them and letting me into their life and kind of telling me about their life and why whatever's bothering them is so important and impacts them and being able to make it better so they, they can have a better life. Um, you know, people think like a knee, knee pain, like what are you really doing for people? But really, um, it's really, it's really great to be able to help them and, and help change their lives and, and see them. And, you know, I have, I have kids I've been treating since they were like four or five and now they're in college. So it's great to see, um, how people's lives have changed because their injuries have gotten better. Absolutely. Well, Doc, I got to say, it was fantastic having you on, as always. Um, we're glad that you're doing great work with kids and the medical field and being a doctor and helping out, and that's really important. Keep giving up those vaccines, and we'll definitely have you on again real soon, man. Thanks so much for having me, and good luck with your shot tomorrow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right, take care. Thanks so much for having me. You too. Have a great night. No problem. All right, so, Doc, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. You're fantastic. Always smart. Always knowledgeable. Um, I said this to you in the end, but truthfully, I think this one was better than the first one. This one was more real, more emotion, better stories, you know, and just, just, just funny too, laughter too, and, and I'll, I'll just take people behind the curtain with our guests. Most of the time, I'll know exactly right off the bat what I want to talk about. Because it's off their knowledge. Sometimes I'll ask them little questions like, oh, do you like other sports too? Blah, blah, blah. You know, da, da, da. What, what topics you would, what topics you would, wouldn't want to talk about. But then other times, there will be a word that the guest will say while actually recording the podcast. Or a word that James will say. And that will just make me think of one specific moment or one thing. Because the first, like, ten minutes, you know, we were talking about COVID. And then that made me, because I, I didn't remember the basketball player's name. So I just went to Google. And most of the times I do that. You know, I'll, and then for this particular time, I just Googled college basketball player that got COVID. And it... He comes up. Um, so, and then with the whole giving birth thing, she mentioned, you know, what we thought about Brittany. So then, hey, I know she's a mother, so why not that? So it's, it's, it's little things like that where, you know, and, and that's for most people too. I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm the smartest man in the world or anything. But for most people, it's just like memory too. You can see, let's say, your child home deli or your childhood address. 
fat flash forwarding to 20 years ago and you see that number and you remember wow that's where I grew up or or anything like that you know so it's 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 little things like that and it's you know maybe it might not interest a lot of people but you know what it's it's good content and it's and it's funny because you know what it's it's true and maybe Mahomes will play the game regardless but just speaking for me if my wife or girlfriend was having a baby and it was the first one just speaking for me even even though it is a Super Bowl I wouldn't play I I I just wouldn't play I'd much rather be by my wife or a girl and our first child that that that's just me though James what about you uh wow that's that's a loaded question um first things first number one doc is always thanks for coming on thanks for doing that pep talk for tomorrow man there is about taking that vaccine but um that's number one um number two um to answer your initial question if I was put in that position, I, ooh, that is such a tough position. I think, I think my wife would probably encourage me to play. Like, go play. This is the biggest moment. It's the biggest opportunity. I probably, I probably would not play because there's, there's, there's nothing more important than the birth of your child. on that and Ohio State is one point away from tying this game. Yeah, um and they got there because Mac Jones fumbled and Ohio State capitalized. Um I thought Fields play, is playing pretty well okay. Um I think the problem with Fields is that what he has to work on in the NFL is he's uh the the protection did break down, but Fields do gotta work on better decision making. You gotta avoid taking the big hits. So I think that's something that he needs to he needs to work on. Well than that though, he plays pretty well. And if you're a Jet fan, it's what you want. And speaking of, um speaking of Jet fans, Doug Peterson has been fired. Um, rightfully so. Um and the reason I say rightfully so, I'm not I'm taking out the giant yo yo bias here. I'm being serious. I think he got fired primarily because, number one, I think the decision to tank was more upper management, and he was the fall guy. Don't get me wrong. A team will do whatever it takes for better draft positions. I get it. And I'm and I'm, I'm reiterate by saying Giants fans have no kick coming. You win six games, you don't have the right to make the playoffs. That being said... Peterson did lose the locker room. You hear reports about players wanting to fight him. So, and plus he had a bad relationship with Carson Wentz. So it's either you get rid of the quarterback or the coach. And because the quarterback has a high cap hit, you got to get rid of the coach. And the Eagles are in, have so much. There are 70, 
eight million under the cap. I'm sorry, over the cap. Seventy million are over the cap, so they don't have a lot of money. So they're gonna have to force to keep Wentz because no team is gonna take like that contract. So good luck, Eagles. Good luck. You played yourselves. When you say right, rightfully so, I have a problem with that. Okay, because that game was lost on Monday, a whole week before the game. That game was lost on Tuesday. That game was lost on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That game was most likely lost all those days. You know, whether it was the GM or the owner, they they most likely told Doug Peterson, if it gets close, do what you gotta do to lose. And if that's true, now Doug Peterson chose for the good of the organization, then I blame Peterson. But if he was told to not win that game, then you are wrong for firing him. You caused the locker room problems. The Wentz part, it is what it is. He's probably going to get traded regardless. Um, But... The organization is getting off, and it's not fair. If I'm Doug Peterson, you know, I'm going to wait to kill the Eagles because he has to make sure he gets another job. If he kills the Eagles before he, he gets another job, he won't get hired then because that organization will say, well, if we have to let him go, he's going to kill us. But maybe one day, five, ten years from now, we'll find out. The truth. And maybe Doug Peterson will write a book. Maybe maybe it will be a 30 for 30. In, in, in 2030 something. But. I'm just. I find it hard to believe. That. You know. Doug Peterson chooses. To lose that game. Unless he was full aware. That his. Coaching. Would be locked up for 2022. And, and, and that also probably played into it as well. Because if you're asking your coach to lose this game. You know. He's not going to do that if he thinks his job's on the line. So they lie. They lie more too. They say you do this. You're set buddy. And also after what Andrew Gunning said. Winning you a Super Bowl. Should buy you. One bad season. So this should have been his bye. He should have went into next year knowing, hey, last year was your, that was your one. If you, if you don't get a playoff spot or over 500 record, you're out of here. He should not have been fired now. So out of any coach who got fired this year, he should be the first one to get a job. I mean, you say that, but when the but like I said, from what the report's saying, Peterson or Harry Rose in the GM, and they went with the GM, or with the coach. So in reality, and I realize it rightfully, is because Peterson and the players really are beef. So because of the organization. Bring him back. I understand, but how are you going to bring him back? Knowing how the players are pissed. I'm sorry, like I'm, oh, I always, like, I'm always gonna take the player side as a guy that used to. Well, you know what? Then you fire the GM too. You, you, you just don't fire the head coach then. 
then that's then, 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 then what you should have done too then. But they didn't. And speaking of coaches and getting opportunities, Dan Quinn, you know, the, the guy who famously blew that, helped blew that 28-3 lead, he's now the defensive coordinator for the, for, the, for the Dallas Cowboys. I find this fantastic. Because now they can have a defense for the first half and then they can choke in the second half of games. Beautiful. Keep cowboying up, Cowboys. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, um, so we're gonna get on out of here. We're gonna go enjoy the rest of this game. And, uh, yeah. Absolutely, and I just want to say that everyone stay safe. Everyone be smart, be well. And if you're, and if you're able to take the vaccine, do it. Because the quicker we're vaccinated, the quicker we're able to get to a sense of normalcy. Enjoy the game. We'll be back recording again tomorrow. Well, Alabama 52-24. to Game currently is not over yet, but it's over. Mac Jones just got pulled a minute ago. And I, I tweeted this, but I'm in full belief and a lot of people like to say no because it's an NFL team but I truly there's at least there's guaranteed three teams that this Alabama team or any of the national championship Alabama teams that Nick Saban wins and even in the ones he's lost can be right now as presently constituted the Jets, the Jaguars, the Bengals. Those are my three guaranteed. My fourth right now, and this is a little bit of a reach because of who they have as their head coach. I'll say the Patriots. And that's hard for me to say. My fifth, hmm, see this is where it gets a little too tricky because you just don't want to start naming NFL teams just to name NFL teams. And now, you know, 12 seconds just went off and everybody's on the field now. Dog, dog piling, one guy just care, is carrying Nick Saban like he's a little baby. <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be a meme and gif breaking for the next 24 hours. Um, I'm trying to think of another team. What, what, what do you think? Do you think there's a fifth team that this Alabama team can beat? Uh, I'm trying to think of a team. Let me, let me, uh, maybe the, maybe the Eagles? And that's a reach. Give us your way, thoughts. Um, Give us your thoughts on how Devontae Smith just practically owned the Ohio State defense in the first half. Jesus Christ! Like you know, first off, um, before that, let's give a big congratulations to the Alabama Crimson Tide football team as they demolished Ohio State fifty-two 
played for, and I think anyone who's a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes, then listen, no shame. It's just that Ohio State just didn't have what it takes. And as Stephen A. Smith always says, roll That's number one. Number two, Devontae Smith was, was fantastic. I mean, he was a baller. He basically just rubbed his entire nutsack all over DT, all over Ohio State. He just came up there, did his thing. It's like it's like Ohio State forgot that um, this guy won the Heisman for a reason. He balled out. Three touchdowns and one half sensational and he's no doubt a top five pick um i think if you're a team like the miami dolphins i think that's over or or the cincinnati Bengals. those are the two teams i can see getting Devontae Adams because if two of the guy in miami and you and you draft Devontae, just imagine because remember Devontae and Tua were teammates at bama then you look at cincinnati could you imagine a healthy joe burrow with Devontae Smith, that right. is incredible. That is incredible. He does not make it. He does not make it to. He does not make it to Philadelphia. I also think that. Um, I also think that um, Devontae is going to make a fantastic pro. Um, pro. So I got to get off that. Matt Jones. What about Harris? Najee Harris is a good um, late first round pick. I think Najee Harris will be a solid NFL player. Like, he is strong. The man, you know what he reminds me of? Like, you remember Maurice Jones-Drew? Yeah. In the NFL? He reminds me of that, but just a little bit taller and more built. This dude is a tank. What about Waddle? Waddle's going top 10. Like, border top 10 or top 15. I think I think he's going to go. I think a team like... I think Carolina could get him. I think Atlanta could get him. If he passes, if he passes on um, Cowboys, I think the Giants could get him at 11. I, I definitely think um, Waddle's definitely a top 10, top. He's definitely going in the top half of the draft. No, no question about it. And I'm not sure about the name of the player, but I saw something on Twitter that apparently there's a guy in Alabama who hasn't allowed a sack in three years. What about that player? Oh, the... Oh, you mean the tackle. Um, what you call it? Yeah, that tackle? Yeah, he is a big boy. He's definitely going in the top half of the draft. Is, is he a top five worthy yeah. pick? Yeah, he's a top five tackle. He's a top five tackle. Okay. Really, really good. I I pulled up all thirty two NFL teams and I looked at a couple more that I think maybe. Um, what about the Panthers? I don't know if Panthers would go tackle. No, 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 no. Of of who Alabama would be. Panthers. Broncos. I think. Yes. Okay, so that's five. That's five with one reach. What about the Lions? The only reason I would say no because Stafford's still good and Kenny Galladay's a good receiver, so no. 
Okay, what what about the Vikings? No, because Jordan Jefferson and uh, and and Thielen are just too much for Alabama. Okay, this one take take off your hat and put on true football hat. The Giants. No, and the only reason why I say this is because. Number one, the Giants are young and they have experience. Number one, number two, and they have no one that's gonna they have no one that's gonna cover Sterling Shepard in the slot. Number three, the Giants defense is gonna be too much for Alabama's O line. So no, not the Giants. The Giants are well coached, so the Giants would never let that happen. So no. So have having Nick Saban doesn't doesn't persuade you in in, in any way. Will the Giants secondary be able to stop Devontae Smith? Yes. Bradbury is more than capable of shutting down Devontae Smith. You are so strongly convinced here. Like, I like, am like there's no there's no I, I, I guess for you I guess for you because you're a Patriot fan and you're swallowing your pride now. I'm saying for me, no. Nick Saban does not move the needle. Devontae Smith does not move the needle. Oh, oh, oh. The Giants so, so, so Giants are strongly coach with Joe Judge, but Nick Saban doesn't move the needle. Come so on, come Judge, on. It's not so much Joe Judge. It's the simple fact that Patrick Graham's a great defensive coordinator. They can bracket Devontae Smith. They can easily bracket Devontae Smith. And Jalen Waddle right now is at 100%. So you want to injure Jalen Waddle? Going up, going up there, and you got Darnell Darnay Holmes in the slot. No, no, no shot. No. What about Sorry. the Chargers? Next. Justin Herbert will make the game a lot interesting. I will get, but no reason why I say Chargers would win because Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry—they're just too damn tall. And I don't think Bama's secondary will be able enough to contain all three of them, so no. Last one, the Raiders. Yes. Yes. Gruden likes choking out leads, so yes. Okay, so that's at least six with with two um, reaches. Now, Nick Saban just passed Bear Bryant. His first one came in 2003. Seven comes now. So, pretty impressive. Do you think... Do you think this is it? He's going to turn 69 years old. Do you see him coaching even even the next five years? He's going to coach until he decides he doesn't want to do it no more. He's one of those guys where, like... Okay, and most important question. More likely than not, we know Trevor's going one. Now, Justin Fields, I mean, did we get rooked? Would it have been better if Clemson beat Ohio State? You know, would we, would we have gotten a better game tonight? 
So may so maybe they'll take the Bama tackle. Yes, that Bama tackle is ridiculously good. Can the so, Lions? Yeah. Are you going Wilson? Are you going Mac Jones? What are you doing? Well, I think Lions are going to go Zach Wilson. Panthers. Oh, Panthers are tricky. That is. The Panthers are such a tricky, tricky team. Uh, hmm. I think I, I think the Panthers might go Trey Lance. They might go. They might go Trey Lance. Okay. Broncos. Broncos are. Broncos are probably going to go corner. I think Broncos are going to go corner. They have. They are. They are set. They are set at what they have. They're gonna go corner, so I think I expect the Broncos to go corner. Cowboys. Cowboys will also go corner. So look at look for them to draft uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. No, no, the second. Now you got the G-men. <sighs> They're gonna go receiver. I I expect the Giants to either go after Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle. Okay, and this is also assuming. That any of any of these teams do not do not go wide receiver because you know maybe maybe Carolina could change that up you know so that's 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 also you know Miami I will say you know Miami can fuck a lot of things up too you know I I guess it just depends on what the Jets do. Because, because, right, we all know the Falcons and Bengals are not taking QBs, most likely. More likely than not. No, they're not. Eagles, no, they're not. Eagles they're have not. QB problems. They're not taking one. Lions, they, sh- they should take one. But the answer is, would it be Fields? I don't know. And, 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 and Panthers, I don't think they're taking quarterback. If Field drops from two to, to to potentially nine, but even the Broncos, that's tough too because that they they have a bunch of quarterbacks. You know, Cowboys. I doubt they're taking a quarterback. No, you they're know. they're they're gonna resign Dak. Giants they're won't take a quarterback. Dak. Niners. Nope, not this year. Niners could. Take Niners a might. Niners might. They My Niners might, if they get rid of Jimmy, now, if the they fields, get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, the they will. dropped from the second pick to the twelfth pick. How much money is he losing? Who, Jalen? No, Justin Fields. Twenty-five. Yeah. Okay, now he um he's losing a total of thirteen million dollars. <laughs> Holy shit! Chargers ain't going quarterback. Vikings ain't going quarterback. See the Patriots. Is interesting. That's where if it's me, I think the Patriots would be. If it's me, if Fields is still there, which I highly doubt he's there at fourteen, but let's just say Fields is gone, I'm taking Mac Jones. That's who I'm taking. And Mac Jones looked impressive. And if it's me, just just speaking for me, I don't give a fuck who my head coach is. I'm telling you. I'm taking Devontae Smith. 
That's who I'm taking. Because Justin Fields, and let's be honest, he he probably wasn't 100%, but it, he seems not like a Cam Newton, you know, but similar to that. To where he can throw the football, you know he, but he tries to run too much, man. You know there was a couple plays where he just didn't even think of going through progressions. He just ran. So if if I'm the Jets, no matter what, I'm I'm taking Devonte Smith. I'm not even. I'm, I'm I'm putting it on the card right now. That's 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 who I'm taking because even even if you trade that pick, you're you know you I would have to get a first, a second, you know may 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 maybe two twos if no one, a third and a fourth or fifth, you know four four four. One pick for this, for this year, and a couple for next year and the year after that. So I don't think they're gonna trade. So I don't know if it's just me. Um, I'm taking Devontae Smith no matter what. Yeah, and a few quick things before we go. Like I'm looking at different map, map draft, um, mock drafts. I'm just gonna name name them quickly. Um, they obviously you know number one. Um, you know Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville. We get it. They still think the Jets are going to draft Justin Fields. They have the Dolphins taking the tackle. This is from CBS. They have the Dolphins taking the tackle. They have Atlanta drafting um um Mitch Par um Mika Parsons. Um, how how State. old is this mock draft? This this is just five hours ago. This was this was prior to the game. So there, so it's not like. This was just prior to tonight's game. It's probably gonna be updated again tomorrow. But this was this was like when is the draft? Five hours ago. Mm-hmm. When is the draft? April, twen- April twenty April twenty ninth. All right. Well, let's table this. It's tentative. Let's. It's tentative. Oh, it's tentative. really? Well, because it depends on. How the virus is, and they want to be. They want. They don't want to be in virtual. They want to be with fans. So it's tentatively supposed to be in Cleveland, Ohio. Wow. And next year, and next year is going to be available. We'll table this. We'll talk more draft stuff tomorrow. But anyway, Doc Flynn, again, thank you for coming on. And this was this was great. Ohio State, congratulations! Sorry, Ohio State, Alabama, congratulations! Sorry, sorry, it's late, guys. Alabama, congratulations! Another, another win, another W. Seven. And by the way, the just a little, coach. just a little baseball. Liam Hendricks signed with the White Sox, so they, oh God. they, they get their free agent pitcher. You know, the contract was like fifty something million dollars for uh three or four years. There was an option in there too, so. So it was either three to deal with the fourth year's option or four to deal with the fifth year's option. I quickly saw that through Twitter. And then Cuddy just tweeted, DJ LeMayo has been a free agent for 72 days.